You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, once again to our third watch coverage here on the Oz Network as we move into the 14th episode of the fifth season. This one is called Blessed and Bewildered. First aired on the 13th of February 2004. That would make it a Friday the 13th. Written by Scott Williams, that's why it's on Friday the 13th, and directed by uh, Ernest uh, Dickerson. Uh, and look, to be honest, for a Scott Williams episode, it's a pretty decent episode. Um, that it is. He's redeemed himself slightly with this. Uh, and it is second last episode that he will ever write. Oh, what a shame. Uh, my name is Ben, and showtime. How appropriate. <laughs> my name's Darvell, and... Wow, I think this is the third time this has happened this season. I don't have a quote. Yeah, that's all right. We don't have listeners, so yeah. it kind of fits in well. Um, <laughs> but well, we've lost our only one. <laughs> we have, actually. Um, we are blessed and bewildered to be here, are we not, Darbell? Um I would say we are. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a decent episode. Again, like as I said last week, it's kind of a precursor for what we're going to have next week. I think we're all building up to that 15th uh, episode of this season. <laughs> Uh, but still, there's stuff in here that kind of, you know, whets our appetite moving forward. So, uh, right. let's get into it. We've got Kim at the beginning of the episode holding Jimmy's beloved bottle of hot sauce. Uh, um, you know that uh, things are sad <laughs> because we're reminiscing over Jimmy's bottle of hot sauce. Um, uh, Holly's with her, but then Steeper calls in Kim. Steeper's back, calls into the uh, office, and then we basically find out that no other... Um, houses in the city share both paramedics and firefighters and uh, that generally the paramedics wait out on the street. They've got a designated spot. And this is where Steve says, once you're dressed, you're out in the street. Um, and then Kim's like, you're throwing us out. And then he's basically <coughs> like, well, you shouldn't have been here in the first place. So this- I wonder if that's actually how it is. I think I have heard that it is. Like, I think maybe in an interview or some form of something through Third Watch, I did see that generally the paramedics don't share it like that but i don't know like again this is 15 years ago 14 years ago now like they could have changed this since like i i really don't know but because like i think the thing that i always wondered like with third watch about the real thing because like you know the 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 fire trucks have uh, sorry the paramedic the ambulances that's the word i'm looking for have fdny written on it and like that's legit i've been to new york i've seen the ambulances there so they're kind of part of the fire department so yeah, it's an interesting thing, but it's kind of playing into Doc's beliefs, isn't it? Like, you know, this is... Mm-hmm. But again, like, if if you read into what Steep is saying, like, you shouldn't have been there, like, this is a thing, this is a... You're the only one in the city. But at the same time, it's kind of like, we don't... This guy is just done so one-dimensionally that we're like, fuck you, Steeper, like, why are you doing this? Like, it, do- it doesn't matter that, you know, this is something happening everywhere else. Because even then, like, wouldn't that right. be... Isn't that like a thing that they should keep? Like, oh, this is a unique one in the city, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it, and it's worked. It has worked. And <laughs> why why mess with it? Yeah. Why mess with it, Steeper? <laughs> wow, Davil's getting angry so far in this episode. Um, but yes, setting uh, up to hate Steeper a little bit more. Uh, Munro and Bosco, meanwhile, uh, Munro comes into <laughs> Rose's bar. We, we didn't mention this last week because we sort of shat all over the, the Rose Bosco relative, but Rose is back. Patty D. We love Patty D. Um, yeah, we do. Again, looking different. <clears throat> like, I think she's done something different to her hair. She's the Madonna of Third Watch. She's always changing her appearance every time she comes on the show. Um, <laughs> but I, I love kind of when Bosco introduces her and is, and you know, she's all like, oh my God, that face. Like, oh, how are you? You're not married and with a face like that you know and kind of like implying to like bosco like come on now like you should get with her um give me grandkids already <laughs> and this is where rose says like oh some guy called alinato came in to say hello uh and then um bosco storms out of the uh the bar and munro's kind of like calm down he's like calm down i'm gonna kill the mother Big throwback to the first. Uh, we know, we know what he said. <laughs> that that like really reminds me of the first, you know, the first scene in the first episode when yeah. kind of like he gets beat. Ah, mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so props to Scott Williams there for some funny humour. Uh, we get the credits, and this is our new credits um, where we've got a lot of 
these scenes that, uh, you know, we've kind of seen uh, throughout the fifth season. I mentioned, like, we've got the scene between Bosco and Munro kind of chatting at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, there's a lot more of uh, Cruz in there. There's, like, Kim, uh, a few different shots of Kim, uh, Carlos. It's, just, it's all kind of interchanging differently, I guess. There's still a few of the original scenes that we've got from the first season as well, but uh, no Eddie Cibrian for the first time in the history of Third Watch. So, uh, sadly... But uh, I should have mentioned on the previously on scene, we had a bit of Yokus. So, uh, you know, get, you know, there's a bit of foreshadowing there. We might have some Yokus in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's been a good four or five episodes since we've had her. So, uh, you know, there is that. Uh, after the credits, uh, we've got Kim outside with Holly and Carlos. Kim looking good in a beanie. Just want to say that. Um, and I do like how... Holly essentially is uh, changing the subject. What does Kim say? Like, why do you want to change the subject when I speak negatively about someone? And she's like, is that a new bracelet or something like that? And it's like, see, there, you're doing it again. Um, <laughs> Doc, yep. Doc shows... Funny little scene there. Oh, I love Holly. Um, <clears throat> Doc shows up. He's all happy. Um, he's very happy, handing out invitations to a party. Uh, I remember this episode for the first time, having no clue what the fuck's going on. <laughs> um, just, you know, handing out all these papers and uh, having this party. And then this is where Kim tells them all, like, that they're being thrown out on the street. And um, Doc doesn't seem as angry as you think he would be. So Doc's kind of like, you know, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Like, once they know this uh, is necessarily for the community, uh, they'll keep us open. And then I kind of like Carlos when he's like, oh, Doc's right again. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man, go ahead. I'll go ahead and say this now regarding, you know, Doc's behavior here and the party that we see later in the episode. Even though we've even though we've said this a quadrillion times already this season, how is it that no one says how is it that no one pauses for a second and says, Wait, is Doc okay? Yeah. Which it's kind of leads into what happens with him, doesn't he, when a lot of people are kind of saying, like, you know, like, oh, we should have seen the signs or something like that. Because, And again, this really is a case where it warrants a second viewing, so you can see the signs. Again, going back to my point, where, like, to me, at least first time watching, I'm like, what the hell have they done with Doc? Um, but we'll get to that next week. Um, yeah. Munro and Bosco show up to uh, Ali Nardo's restaurant, uh, kind of Bosco's talking to Munro here about, uh, you know, a real partner would have my back in this and not sort of, you know, try to talk me out of it. Um, and we, um, we have this guy who's like, he just reminds me of one of those mob characters from The Simpsons, like, you know, Fat Tony and how he's kind of got, uh, I can't remember their names, but he just, he legitimately looks like one of the characters from The Simpsons and he's standing there rubbing his hands together and he's like, to whom shall I say he's calling? Um, and just, I haven't uh, seen The Simpsons in years. Uh, <laughs> nobody really has. I, for some reason, still stupidly watch it. I don't know why I do. Um, it's just not the same show, but for some reason, I just don't like giving up on something I like. Uh, so he's going to call up his uh, alley. So Bosco and Munro are going to wait outside. <coughs> Uh, Carlos and Doc having a conversation. Carlos sort of saying to Doc, like, I'm, I'm surprised you're not more angry about being kicked out in the street. And Doc keeps mentioning about, like, oh, it's temporary. We're going to hear that line and kind of, you know, again, foreshadowing for next week. Uh, and then we find out that he's uh, invited uh, Christian, Carlos's brother, on for a ride. We've got Adam Beach back again. Great to see Adam Beach. And mm-hmm. I, I do kind of like how uh, uh, Christian sort of like, are you surprised? And Carlos is like, that's one word for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Adam Beach, like we talked about it a few weeks ago, but we love Adam Beach. <laughs> he re- yeah. Although, one thing, and I'll, this doesn't really take away from Adam Beach, I don't think, but one thing I've noticed about him is, and maybe this is just his style, um, his de- his delivery in, in everything I've ever seen him in, his delivery comes off as kind of flat. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I can't say I've really seen that before, but uh, yeah, maybe that's just kind of like the style. Maybe that's, you know, there are definitely those yeah. actors out there who kind of has... A, he reminds me a bit of, um, I don't know who you know if I'm talking about, Jimmy Smits. You know Jimmy Smits? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know, I know of I know of him. Um, I... I know he, one of the things he's best known for is NYPD Blue. Yeah. I know that. Like, not necessarily appearance-wise, that's not what I'm really saying. It's just kind of like, in just right. a style, like, 
Jimmy Smith has maybe got a bit more of a presence, like he's a bit more of a he's a very engaging on screen actor, but um yeah, like I mean I I think I first really knew Jimmy Smith's kind of I guess I was just a little bit too old for NYPD Blue or too young I should say for NYPD Blue. Um but yeah, Jimmy Smith was a a villain in one of the seasons of Dexter. I think that was the third season. And of course he's uh Princess Leia's uh adopted father in the Star Wars prequel trilogies. Come on now for our Star Wars geeks out there. He's uh Senator Organa for those that's what I'm trying to think of his name. So there you go. But yeah, no, I like Jimmy Smith and I like Adam Beach. So just random little connection there. But yep. uh, Munro and Bosco are outside and uh, our Simpsons character guy comes out and he's kind of like, as I as I thought, he was presently detained or, I don't know, speaking really properly. Bosco grabs him by the <laughs> balls and is essentially like, where is he? Um, and then he turns to Monroe and he's kind of like, that felt right to me. Um, which is kind of funny. Uh, and he tells him that he's in a yep. car yard or something, so he's going to go out and see him. Uh, Christian's taking photos of uh, Doc and Carlos as they're, like, carrying this patient out. I do love the way Carlos says to Christian, like, oh, we don't need any help here or anything, Christian. And then Doc, like, poses for a photo. He's kind of like, oh, hold on. You don't mind, do you, sir? Cheese! <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. Like, as much as it's kind of weird, I still kind of like happy Doc. Um, yeah. And he's kind of talking to Christian here about the fact that he's a chief prosecutor at Honolulu and he's going to run for DA at the next election. So, look, he could be on Blue Bloods. You never know. Um, Working with the DA's office. Bosco shows up to this uh, car yard, has a bit of a chat with uh, Ali. And the thing that I like about this is if you haven't seen this episode, I don't think you really notice it. But, like, if you've seen this episode, you notice it, how kind of, like... Ali's chatting to him and he's deliberately <clears throat> talking to him in the gap between like these two trucks, which we know is going to come into play with this video that's being filmed. But like this whole thing is clearly a plan because you see Ali Nardo deliberately stop him in the gap of the trucks, talk to him, then essentially, you know, says about, uh, Bosco going off and him about visiting Rose. <laughs> And then, you know, I, I don't want to copy my business. Like, let's work together. And Bosco's just basically like, you go near my mother again, I'll kill you. And then we find out that Rose has got some, uh, Joker poker machines, whatever they are. And he's saying to Bosco that, oh, she had a big payout this week and I've got to give her this money. So he hands him a yellow envelope to which he then takes like a big step backwards and forces Bosco to step towards him to give the money back. Like, it's really clever, actually, if you know kind of what he's doing, because clearly he's deliberately doing this because he knows he's being, uh, he's under surveillance and making it look like Bosco's taking a bribe. So, um, yeah, it's very, very clever. Bosco hands the money meanwhile and says, like, you know, come near me again, I'll kill you, you greasy son of a bitch. Um, and then <laughs> I love that line. We really are getting some classic Bosco in terms of, like, last week a bit of humour and then this week kind of back to, you know, like, it, it, it de- definitely sort of has got a bit of that, uh, which episode was it when uh, that guy dating his mum was beating her and he chased after him um, true true love episode 12 of of season two. Oh, season two god i always why do i always forget these season two episodes and i love the season too much um but yeah anyone comes between bosco's mum and he's gonna be going out kicking some ass so um yep. yeah me speaking of his mum bosco goes into uh the bar that his mother works at and essentially goes off at her because she's got Joker poker machines and he decides to smash the shit out of, uh, one of his, one of her <laughs> machines. I, my, my favorite bit, I think, of the whole bit though is like when he's smashing the shit out of it and then just Rose Boss like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> just like, you know, storms, storms him out. Uh, yeah. I love Rose. <laughs> yeah. She really yep. is the perfect mother to Bosco. Like this casting is brilliant. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they knew what they were doing when they ca- when they cast Patty D in that role. Yeah, exactly. We love you, Patty D. But it's just seriously like it's just so believable <clears throat> that she is his mother. Like there's no other way to say about it. Like, you know, you Yeah, I mean Yeah, go ahead. I mean if I was smashing shit up like that, I know my I know my mom would be like, Stop darn Yeah. But it's just I just I love her reaction. We're kind of like, Yeah, she's shocked, but it's just she's like, What the hell? Like, just such a Bosco thing. And then even Munro's kind of, like, you know, going off. Um, we cut to, a, a, I guess, like, a rescuer car's kind of on its 
uh, side. Doc being super helpful and happy, like, it's your lucky day, we've saved your life. Um, Christian taking <laughs> pictures of Doc and Sully and kind of, you know, I do like the little moment there where Doc and Sully are kind of, you know, uh, Doc and Sully, <clears throat> sorry, Davis and Sully, uh, posing with the fingers and all that sort of stuff. Just the last week and this week, two real quiet episodes for Sully and Davis, just pointing that out. Yeah. Uh, but at least they're making appearances. Like, you know, God, like when we had quiet episodes for Jimmy, he went like five episodes without being seen. So, you know, again, showing how much they care about the cops and the firefighters. And we get Munro here handing out, you know, uh, at the Munro. I'm, I'm forgetting people's names. I'm going crazy, Darvel. Um, it's Monday. Spies I didn't for call you. you. Spies I didn't call you. Brandy just said. Uh, he's handing out invitations <laughs> to, uh, to Sully and Davis and da- Sully's like, oh, I don't go to parties. It's like, come on, Sully, just one time. And this is when I love he turns around and says to like, you know, oh, is that tight little sister from Midnight's Munro gonna be around? Like, Sasha Munro! Like, you know, make sure she comes along. Which, like, okay, I know this whole ploy, which, We'll get to it more next week, because I definitely think there's some plot holes in kind of Doc's plan here, because we hear later on that Munro is not wanting to go, and she kind of only goes last minute, so... And what reason does Munro have to go? <coughs> They've met once, and then they kind of got into an argument at the end of their meeting, so... um yeah, like, I'll talk about that more next week in a very good episode. Yeah. There is a bit of a plot hole there, like, Doc's plan here hinges on a lot of things going his way, so... um you know, there is that. Uh, but also, Steep is here at this scene, sees uh, that Christian's on this ride-along. He quest- he questions Kim and sort of like, oh, he's on a ride-along. Um, you know, oh, I guess I spoke too soon about you after he was talking her up earlier, saying that she was getting good um, good feedback from downtown. So poor old Kim getting a bit of pressure <coughs> thrown on here for no fault of her own. So and it's actually it's funny because uh, when we were watching this episode... Uh, Mallory was watching this with me and she kind of said to me, she's like, oh, don't you need like a lot of permission and paperwork for there to be a ride-along? So, um, yeah. St- Steeper yep. again, technically correct, but again, we don't give a shit, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love your reaction there. I mean, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Um, I mean, well, <clears throat> I mean, ju- just to hike, just to hike back to bosses from the past. I mean, Johnson probably, Johnson probably would have done the same thing, but I mean, at least we cared for Johnson. I think Johnson does it differently though. Like Johnson kind of questions it and then probably is like, look, you can do it this one time, but from now on, like, you know, like Johnson to me is that type of boss. Um, it's like, yeah, you're doing the wrong thing, but like this one time, you know, but like for now on, whereas Steve here is basically just like, get him the fuck off that bus. Like, you know, he can't be here, which again, technically he's right. Um, but you know, like there's a blurred line there. It's not always black and white. Remember what yeah. Cruz said last week? Um, yep. I remember. Cruz, Cruz isn't in this episode, is she? Just thinking about it. I don't it. think so. Why? Don't think so, no. Why doesn't Cruz get invited to Doc's party? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, I don't know. Poor Cruz. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Cruz. Um, it's not like it's not like she'd go anyway. Well, she might. She could surprise you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm just trying to... Poor old Cruz. Uh, we're back with uh, Munro and Bosco, and um, we get to the fact that they're getting called back into the station for the platoon commander wants to speak to them and Munro's kind of like wonder what that could be about and Bosco's just kind of like don't and again reminds me so much of that episode where he's just going after his mother's like uh the boyfriend and kind of just not really wanting to talk to his partner he's kind of he's focused on one thing that's protecting his mother and I do kind of like this sort of back and forth between the two you know where Munro's kind of been like you know I'm not your girl to do this I'm not the girl to protect you and all this sort of stuff and then what does Bosco say like well I didn't pick you did I kind of like wow like burn uh but anyway he's, he's got a point though doesn't he like he's yeah yokers for so long that they're still trying to get used to each other so um yeah and it can be argued that they never really do yeah exactly exactly uh doc is at the hospital handing out more invitations taking pictures of mary um i do love the fact that kind of like she's shocked that doc's having a party uh kim comes along and um goes off at doc and carlos for having adam on the ride along um, and Carlos sort of, you know, he's like, it wasn't my idea. And I love Doc's facial expression where he's kind of like, he's all shocked and like, what's going on? And then, you know, he sort of says to Kim, like, oh, this is steeper, isn't it? Um, and, you know, he's chewing gum, as I said, like the other week, like kind of that's to me, Doc's evilness is that he's chewing gum. Like that's a big difference, big different trait to him. 
Um, uh, Carlos basically tells Christian not to come along anymore, like you're getting me into trouble, uh, and gives him cab money to go home. So, uh, yeah, nice Bosco. Uh, nice Bosco, nice Carlos. Uh, and I do love Doc as he runs off here, like, saying to uh, Christian, like, I'll see you there tonight, won't you? And he's kind of like, you know, going like, ha-ha. Like, he's just, happy Doc's fun. Like, we want more of this. Yeah. We're not going to get it, but, you know. No. Uh, we're back at the cop house. We see, uh, this video of, uh, looks like Bosco's taking a bribe. As I said, kind of, uh, the surveillance was there and Alinardo kind of put him in the position where he knew he would be filmed and it looks like a bribe. We meet douche nozzle detective guy. We don't like this guy. He's a real <laughs> douche nozzle. Um, <laughs> yeah, we call him guy? that douche nozzle detective guy. Yeah, douche nozzle detective guy. Um, which he's just a dickhead. Um, <laughs> He actually, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of, um, uh, Danny, Danny Reagan, um, uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Like, he really looks like him. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, he, like, he's got a real look about him, which I think would have been hilarious if that actually was Donnie Wahlberg. And then you could have been like, hey, well, Blue Bloods and that really are connected. Um, cause you know that Danny <laughs> Reagan and Bosco wouldn't get along. Um, they would or they wouldn't? They wouldn't. <laughs> really? I don't I- reckon they would. Oh come on! They're about they're equally they're equally hot headed. Yeah, but that's why I think they would clash. Um, and I just don't think Bosco appreciates detectives that much. So, you know, that's kind of where I think they would definitely uh, definitely clash. But uh, essentially, we find out that uh, the douche nozzle detective has have this whole I guess uh, mob family under surveillance. And kind of, you know, like, this looks like you're taking a bribe. You know, don't do anything to screw this up or I'll submit this to the five o'clock news, essentially. Um, and then <clears throat> Bosco sort of, you know, defending himself and trying to defend Munro. And I do love that line when he says to Swirsky, like, you know, this is all me, boss. And then Swirsky's kind of like, I'm getting sick of hearing that from you. Um, so, yes. uh, and then kind of, I do like the way that he says, like, he says, like, go home. I'm not going to let you drag down anyone with you this time. Like, you, you get away with everything. Like, again, it's kind of like a nice throwback to the beginning of this season, which kind of you think they've completely forgotten about. But it is one of these mo- minor bits, which they just kind of connect to it. And I just think it works. So, yeah, yeah I, I like that fact that they do with that there. Um, Bosco goes to Rose's bar again. We find out that uh, Rose has been fired. Uh, Ali Nardo is there. And uh, he's sort of going on at Bosco, saying, like, you know, uh, that uh, this this is... Uh, Bosco saying to Nardo, this isn't over. And uh, Ali Nardo is like, I think it is. He's all gloating and being a dick in his face, essentially. So, uh, you know, he's telling Bosco to come stop around again, kind of setting this all up. Uh, we're in the lobby of uh, Carlos and uh, Davis's place. Davis is in a dressing gown. Can I just point that out, that we see Davis in a dressing gown? Um, and Carlos is looking out the window and uh, saying that Christian didn't come home last night uh, and then sort of has this conversation with Davis saying, like, you know, he wants me to quit. He thinks his job's below me. Um, you know, he's sort of saying to Davis, like, oh, do you love your job? And Davis is like, well, I'm about to go back to law school. And da- uh, Carlos sort of says, yeah, but you don't think the job's below you. Uh, and I do like that line when Carlos says, like, family should come with warning labels. And Davis is like, yeah, but then if they did, we'd never have one. So... <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out through all of this, though, and one thing that's been forgotten about in the last couple of weeks, I'm guessing Kylie is okay now. <laughs> like, since Christian, yeah. Christian came along with the bone marrow thing, like, that's all solved really- then? <laughs> Yeah, but I really wish they would have confirmed that. Yeah, like, they just need one line. They just need one line saying, like, hey, Christian's bone marrow was, you know... Well, he did say, like, I'm a match. Like, I know he did say that, but just because you're a match doesn't mean it's a cure straight away. Like, she's still going to have to face medical bills and things like that along the way. Because, like, if I'm not mistaken, we never hear her name mentioned again, do we? No. Yeah, so... Not that I can recall, anyway. Okay, that's it. Kylie's fine. Move along. <laughs> that's essentially all we need to know. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, there's one thing that was like glaring me in the face here during this whole scene. And like, sort of take away. It's like, it's a nice, I like it when we get a Carlos and Davis scene. We don't sort of get them that many times anymore now, kind of. And we, they still live together, but you know, it's still. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, where's, where, where is she? What's happened to her? She's with dirty kids somewhere in the gutter, is she? Or like. <laughs> no. No, I don't. I don't think she's been dirty kitted. Actually, random little dirty kid thing that was funny. You know, I, we mentioned I think about how we like to watch sort of the random promos on YouTube. I, I came across 
a production company who obviously do a lot of TV promos and they've kind of got a show reel on YouTube saying that like, you know, hey, one of the shows we used to do the promos every week was for Third Watch. So they've got like about a two, three minute clip of kind of a bunch of promos that they've done and they've they've put together oh. like about like a minute long promo kind of showcasing the best bits of Third Watch over the years and I think they kind of use that really? as like a show reel for like when they did reruns on A&E or something like that to really promote the show. And so, like, it's a collection of clips from all six seasons because you've got, like, all the characters in it. They legitimately have a scene with Bobby and the Dirty Kid. And I'm like, really? You're going to go through all the best... that. You go through all the best moments of of six seasons of Third Watch and one of the most iconic scenes is Bobby and Dirty Kid? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Well, it is a... Even even if it even if that storyline doesn't really go anywhere, it is kind of a heartwarming scene because it shows how good he was with kids. True, true. Yeah, you're right. And where is that? Where is that? I'll have to find that. Uh, You'll have to remind me. I'll have to find. I can't remember. But like it was just I randomly was looking at Third Watch promos and it came in one of the things. And um, I I I found the link to like this company's website and like they've won Emmys and you know, things like that for their, maybe not Emmys, but whatever the editing version of an Emmy is for, like, promotional material. But they've been involved in lots of TV shows over the years, and they've obviously got contracts with lots of TV (coughs) networks. So, I mean, that could be an interesting interview. Like, hey, can we have somebody talk about how you edited promos for Third Watch? Like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's it was interesting, uh, at least to see some of these things. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway, that was my two cents of that random little bit to talk about. Uh, Munro talking to Swirsky, uh, and kind of, I like the way Swirsky's like, oh, if you're here to talk to me about Bosco, I don't want to hear it. Uh, but Munro sort of, you know, comes clean and is like, you know, look, he's, uh, he's a lot of things, but he's not dirty. Uh, you know, this is what happened, and he tells everything to Swirsky. And I do like the way Munro's kind of like, you know, even you don't think he's dirty, come on. Um, and Swirsky basically comes at the end of this and is like, you find him and get his ass into work. Um, uh, <laughs> which, you know, a nice little moment. Uh, yeah. got Doc and Walsh carrying tables from the firehouse for Doc's party. Steeper comes in and is kind of like, you know, what are you doing? Are they city tables? And, uh, you know, Walsh is kind of like, these are tables that we paid with for our own money. Uh, so Swirsky's, ah, Swirsky, Steeper's just kind of like, yep, on you go. And then this is where we have Steeper and Doc having a big confrontation and, you know, he's like, uh, I'm not going to let you close the house. Uh, and, uh, Steeper's just like, you know, you, you know, this isn't a frat house. This is a work environment. And, uh, yeah, I just love the way Doc really gets up in his face. You know, he's kind of like, what does he say? Like, you're a, you're a blip, Steeper, you know, and... It- yeah, you're a blip. You you don't count. You're uh, what did he what did he call him? I think it was last week a a a bean counter who was never in the field or something like that. Yeah, or maybe he said that this episode. I don't remember now. Um, but yeah, man, can I express my could I express my dislike for the for the steeper character any more than what I already have? Oh, it's up to you if you want to. I'm always all ears to hear you uh, go off about someone. It's usually me whinging, so by all means, go ahead, Darbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I and that was kind of a that was kind of my way of saying, you know, I don't even know how else to to express my dislike for this character, you know, because I mean, he yeah, he says, you know, it's not a frat house; it's a work environment. Yeah, and um, that that's fair, but I mean, come on, people can enjoy themselves at work. Yeah, and. <laughs> I mean, and the kind of jobs the the kind of jobs these people do, the, yeah. these first responders, the kind of things that they do, they need to have they need to be able to relax at they need to be able to relax between calls and after shift and all that. Yeah, no, exactly. So, fuck you, Steeper. <laughs> I like this angry Darvel. The one thing I also really like about this scene is the camera work. Like, I love how kind of they zoom in on like Doc kind of. Without looking into the camera, it's almost as close as you kind of have to a, a pure POV shot from Steeper. So, like, Doc really gets close to the camera and kind of you feel that fact that he's in Steeper's face here and he's like, you know, you're a blip, you know, you're this, you're that. So, I just think it's, like, really good. And, like, there's a couple of moments in this episode, again, going back to what I was saying um, last week about how you should watch this episode back-to-back with next week because, like, this is one of those moments and the way kind of just, like, you know, Steve was like, if you're not working today, leave, and he's just kind of got this sinister look on his face, Doc, and he's kind of just like, yes, sir. Um, and there's definitely a moment coming up with Doc's face. But I'll which, be back. Yeah, which really sells Doc and kind of, like, that he's completely over the edge and he's about to completely lose it. So, 
Um, yeah, good stuff here. Michael Beach again, doing great stuff to really make you believe everything here. Uh, Bosco shows up to see his mum and apologises to her, uh, saying he wanted to be safe, um, and that she can't get another job at another bar because they all have Joker poker machines. Uh, and then this is where Bosco kind (laughs) of says, like, you know, Ali gave me an envelope to give to you because you had a big payout and Rose doesn't know what he's talking about. And this is where Bosco finally works out. Like, he knew he was under surveillance. He set me up. So, um, yeah, kind of, you know, it's all coming together here now. Uh, as much as, like, this Ali Nardo stuff kind of, like, you and I aren't big fans of it, but I, I do I do like sort of the way it's written. Oh, look at this. I'm giving Scott Williams a compliment um, that... This is an episode where if you watch twice, you do pick up on that subtlety that Alinado, you know, the way he kind of set Bosco up. So I do like that. Like, it's clever and kind of this reveal. And I, I think it's sort of done in a way that if you're watching this for the first time, I don't think you guess this until this reveal. And again, this is how a good episode of TV is written. Like, any big plot twist or reveal should be done in a way where you have no clue that it's going to happen. It's not done in a way where we've talked about before, like, oh, three minutes in, I know he did, he's a killer. Like, you don't want that. So, yeah, and that's what everything is these days. Yeah. Especially yeah. in these procedural type shows. And I definitely think there's some of that in Third Watch going into season six when we kind of turn yeah. it into a procedural detective crime of the week show next season. Um, and even this season, I'm going to say it now, when we get the Henry Winkler and Kate Jackson stuff, like... I'm going to say it. I called that pretty early that what was happening with those two. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of there is definitely even in this season, you could argue some obvious stuff going on. But anyway, at the moment, we're not there yet. And props to Scott Williams. Look at me giving a compliment to the man who gave us the worst episode of Third Watch. Um, anyway, we've got Doc uh, with his table loading up into the Docmobile. Uh, he's going up to Kim and, uh, <laughs> Kim and, uh, Carlos, but he's like, you're going to be there tonight. You're going to be there. And Kim's like, I don't know. I'm mad at you. And I do love the way Doc's kind of like, come on, Kim, please. Like you can come along. Uh, calls a Kimmy again here, doesn't he? Um, yep. forgive me. Has these like puppy eyes. I love the way he does that. But this is, this is the scene where I'm saying like, where again, you just get a real sinister motive and kind of like Mallory's watching this and we get no idea with anything to do with what's about to happen. And even she's kind of like, oh, he's so nice when he's happy. He's, you know, we like him. But then he kind of like, he turns away from the ambulance and they do this sort of like slow motion on his face. He's got this big beaming smile. And as he walks off, it turns from this smile to kind of this stone face flat look where it's kind of like, whoa, like what just happened? Like, holy crap, something's going down here. And even Mallory's like, whoa, okay, he was happy. What just happened there? I just love that, like, look, and we've kind of got that, like, real upmarket funk music going on in the background, and mm-hmm. again, like, knowing what we know, what's going to happen <laughs> next week and everything with this, it's, just, it's great. It's just a subtle lead-in to next week, whereas you've got really to know. It. You've got to know what happens next week to understand why this little moment is so cool. So, yeah, it's just a little moment. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Chris- when you... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say, when you watch, when you watch, um, no, when you watch No More Forever in preparation for us recording that episode, <laughs> you'll have to keep Mallory out of the room for that one. Well, yeah, I said to her, like, I don't really want you to watch episode 15. <laughs> um, but I don't know if she'll be able to avoid it because generally she's sort of around when I'm watching them anyway. So, but the thing is, though, uh, Mallory probably will forget kind of what happened. Even if she does, it doesn't really matter too much. Um, yeah. So, <coughs> yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, Christian shows up, he's taking more photos and has a bit of a conversation with uh, Carlos and sort of Carlos admits that this is what he wants to do. He's a professional uh, paramedic um, and that, yeah, he's... And then Christian says that he's leaving in the morning because Carlos is sort of like, you know, you wish you would respect me. Because, yeah, Christian kind of is implying here that, you know, you should go back to medical school and do all this sort of stuff. But uh, I do like the way kind of when Christian says I'm leaving in the morning, you can tell Carlos is genuinely disappointed. Because the thing that I I like about this whole sort of Carlos having a family storyline is, again, Carlos, you can just tell he doesn't know how to handle this. Because, like, for a lot of this, he kind of, he's rolling his eyes, like, oh, he's still here, like, he won't leave me alone. But then, like, all of a sudden, he's leaving, and he's kind of like, he's disappointed. So... I, I think Anthony Reeve of ourselves at well that he kind of he just doesn't know how to handle this if you know what I mean. Right, right. And I, I like to, and I I like to think that even after Christian leaves, I, I like to think that they've 
maintain some sort of contact. Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest, and we'll spoil this. He's never mentioned again or never kind of talked about again. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you, because like, you've got to assume these guys are still talking, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely agree with that there. So, uh, but I mean, we're still going to see Adam Beach here because Carlos is saying, like, you got to come to the party. You got to come to the party. And we're going to get a great scene with, um, with Adam soon. I guess Christian, right? Can I call him Adam? You think that's okay? Um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, so, uh, were you going to say something there or? No. Uh, okay. Sorry. I thought I heard you breathe, which is good. I'm glad you're alive. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, anyway, sorry, I know what I'm talking about. Munro is back at the, uh, the precinct, and Bosco comes in and says that, uh, he knows that Nando, uh, Nando Nardo set him up. Nando? Uh, Who the Nando. hell is Nando? And I'm thinking about Nando's, I want food. Um, he's basically saying that he knows he set him up. Then we've got the next scene, Bosco talk. I'm just going to call him, uh, Danny Reagan, uh, telling him that, uh, you know, he, he knows that Nardo set him up. And, uh, Danny Reagan doesn't care about Ali Nardo, um, and basically says, like, go away to Bosco. Uh, Munro and, uh, Bosco have a t- conversation about how they can get Ali Nardo. And Munro's kind of like, I can't believe I'm even thinking about it, but I am. And Bosco's like, I'm in. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is kind of funny, because, you know, in about 10 minutes time, five minutes time, we're going to get Munro basically like, oh, I can't believe we did that. Um, We've got Doc's house. Doc's setting up all his candles. He's got his place. Like, can I just say, like, from what, about 10 episodes ago when his house was still covered in plastic and everything, he's certainly gotten together and uh, put his house together pretty well. Um, yeah. But I do like kind of this bit where he's sitting on the couch drinking his beer and, uh, you know, eating some snacks and kind of waiting. Like, we've all kind of had a party or a get-together at our house where it's kind of that initial waiting, like, who's going to show up, who's going to show up. And then we hear, oh, the, yeah. hear the doorbell, showtime. Um, and, uh, yeah, gets ready for the party again. You're like, you're not knowing why he's kind of like showtime. Like, what's going on here? Like, why is he so nervous and what's happening? So, again, got leading into next week. It all makes sense. Munro and Bosco are waiting for, um, for Ali to come out of the, uh, his business. He finally comes out. They're following him. They pull him over, uh, which they turn around and say, like, oh, it's for speeding, which, like, he's on his cell phone here. So they could only say, like, hey, you're on your cell phone. Or maybe in 2004, New York, that wasn't a law. You could still be on your cell phone on a car. But, uh, Ali Nutter gets out of the car. Uh, which is, you know, a big no-no when a cop pulls you over. Uh, and he's kind of confronting Bosco straight away. Like, you know, I don't have time for this, Boscarelli. Uh, to which, you know, why'd you pull me over? Oh, your taillight's out. It's like, what are you talking about? And Sasha smashes the taillight. Really anti-Sasha. Uh, and- it's nice to see that side of her, though. Yeah, they arrest him, basically, <clears throat> for assaulting a police officer. Uh, we're at Doc's party. I do love Doc's interaction with everybody, you know, where Holly's kind of like, I love your place. And Doc's like, and I love you. Um, he says to <laughs> Davis and Sully that they can keep the records, uh, which again makes sense when you go into next week. Then Doc kind of leads up to people and starts dancing with people again. Happy Doc. We love it. Um, We've got Bosco with Alinato in the cage back at the precinct. And this is all we're going to find out leading to the fact that uh, once they see that uh, Detective has, uh, you know, Danny Reagan is leading all the uh, the mob people out of questioning, that Bosco leads him out into the corridor, shakes his hand directly in front of them, and is essentially like, thank you for your cooperation, Ali. We really appreciate it to uh, make it seem like he has dobbed them in and that he's nothing but a rat. So clever from Bosco and Munro. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is, I had to laugh at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When that happened. And again, like, we're not sold on this Alinado storyline. You know, it's there. It's kind of, you know, like, meh. But, you know, it's a, it's a nice little twist for them to have into it. Um, Bosco and Munro in the locker room. This is where it does slightly, like, I can understand why Munro is kind of like, you know, this isn't the type of cop I am, you know, I've just signed a guy's death warrant. But at the same time, it kind of, it's a bit bipolar for the fact that, you know, a few minutes ago she was all like, I can't believe I'm thinking it. Like, she's the one who's basically come up with this idea. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how you feel about it, but I just, I just don't like the way she quickly swings about pretty quickly. Well, you know, the age old saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, she, you know, in the, it could be argued that in the heat of the moment, she was like, oh, let's do it. And then once it was all said and done, she was like, oh, shit, I cannot believe I just did that. 
Yeah, true, true. That is very true. Good way of looking at it, actually. Um, she mentions that, you know, like, oh, she's Bosco, like, are you going to go to Doc's party? And Bosco's like, no, I've got somewhere to be. And then Sasha's like, well, I wasn't going to, but now I am. So again, like, there's a bit of a plot hole here with Doc's plan, like, because she really wasn't going to go, but now she is. Um, and yeah, Bosco's line when he says, I've got somewhere to be, you kind of like, oh, this is exciting. Where's he going to be? He's going to church again. I don't know. Um, at Doc's party, Carlos and Kim sort of having a conversation and, uh, you know, Carlos basically saying like how, like he turned around this fast couple of weeks ago, there was plastic everywhere. So, you know, Doc's done well. And Kim sort of like, I wonder if he can come, come over and do my kitchen. I do like that line that Kim says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sasha shows up and talks to Davis and Davis is all like, Oh, you showed up, you know, good to see you there. And kind of like the thing that I like about the Davis and Sasha stuff at like this point of the show is that like, you can definitely tell there's a bit of an attraction there, but it's never kind of shoved down your throat. And it's kind right. of, it's, it seems it's more like Davis because Davis is kind of like smiling and they kind of have this little thing, but that's mainly going to be a season six thing. But I think this is the episode you really get that inkling that Davis obviously likes her because Doc just basically walks straight up to her and is like, you are so beautiful, makes out with her. Uh, and then just like <laughs> walks off, um, which, you know, you go Doc, you've got the power. Uh, although having said that, you couldn't do that in 2018, could you? 2019, because uh, no, you you couldn't. Me too. No, yep, and and not to not to not to go there, but no, you couldn't. You couldn't do that. And I wonder how Sasha reacted to that, because I mean, obviously, she wasn't expecting it. No, well, she's kind of got this like shocked, sort of like smitten smile on her face afterwards. So. Um, yeah, I think kind of she likes it and kind of as we got in that, um, you know, episode a few weeks ago when she's kind of like, all oh, the ladies know about you. So clearly there's just like a thing where Doc's seen as a bit of a, you know, a hunk essentially. So she's yeah. fine with that. So anyway. not without reason. <laughs> oh, Michael Beach is a hunk. What are we, what are we to say that he's a, you know, buffed up, roided, what can I remember what we call him? Uh, every week I say this and I forget his Instagram. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, so yes, that's going to play into a little bit. Then we've got, uh, this great moment, which I'm going to say is another potential top five moment, uh, that sort of Doc has a bit of a speech here thanking everybody. And then they get involved. Uh, Christian comes at the front of the room with his, uh, photo book. It's Carlos. Carlos is like, no, no, I don't want to get involved. And everybody sort of cheers for Carlos, which I think is a nice little moment. And, uh, Christian basically says, you know, we've looked for him forever. We thought he was gone. We had a birthday for him every year. And that, you know, when we found him, we came over here to, uh, you know, bring him back uh, to a family he never had. But he's actually already got a family. And he shows this photo album with all these photos he's been taking over the last couple of days. Uh, to which Carlos is sort of like, oh, and then gives him a big hug. And, oh, it's such a nice little moment between these two. Again, I'm going to put top five nominee here, Darvell. It is. I only, I only wish their, I only wish their mother could have lived, could have lived to know about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, look, you know, there is definitely some things we could have seen here moving forward with Carlos and more family, but also at the end of the day, I think they kind of do enough that like, you know, like we've, we've, we've got a good storyline <coughs> for the fact that they've come full circle. They've given uh, Carlos a family and that we know sort of going forward that he's, you know, he's, he's got a bit of a background now. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of, it's done nicely enough there, but, uh, yeah, as I said, potential top five here. Uh, I've written it down on the paper, so we'll see how we go. Uh, and then we find out where Bosco was going to be. This is that scene that I was talking about a few weeks ago, Darvel, because I definitely knew this scene existed. Um, that Bosco shows up to a diner. Kind of, we don't see who he's there to see, and he kind of like turns around and says, "Like, didn't expect you to." Uh, you know, kind of surprised you called. And then we see it's Yokus, yay! And you know, the really weird thing is, is that she's only been gone for what, like four or five episodes, but it feels so long since we're seeing Yokus. So every it single really time, does. every single time she comes on screen, like in this bit, I always get a little bit giddy. I'm like, oh my god, it's Yokus! Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, great to see, uh, we find out that, uh, the doctors say <laughs> that she's okay, that she's coming back to work tomorrow. And uh, kind of just like, you know, the way she's sort of like, oh, they want me to see counselling, but I'm not going to. Uh, you know, but the doctors say I'm okay. And Bosco is sort of like, oh, what, but you're not okay. And she just kind of has a bit of a look on her face. But uh, she says to Bosco, I want you to ask Swirsky to put us back together. Uh, Bosco's like, I thought you didn't want anything to do with me again. And then Yokes is sort of like, you know, look, I want to come back. I'm coming back all the way. Bosco gets called away by uh, Danny Reagan and has to leave and kind of, you know, that's it. So I kind of... Like, I like the fact that Yokus sort of comes back here and wants to get put back together. But again, going through all the complaints I had earlier in this season, they just kind of forget about the fact that she was paralyzed. We don't hear anything about that. Um, you know, I, I think that 
if you're going to have episodes where you're showing Yokus and kind of things in the background, I'd like to see an episode or at least a scene where, because we're going to get Fred soon with Yokus, who just all of a sudden he's so hateful against uh, Yokus. (coughs) And we're going to see what's going to happen with that next season. So it kind of just comes out of all nowhere. Like you're getting shoved this information so quickly. So that's a complaint I'm going to have about it. But um, yeah, I don't know how you feel about it. It is a bit sudden. You're right. And oh, man. I don't even know where my thought was going. I lost it. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> it, it happens all the time in the show. But, like, I just I just think that we could have had a bit more... Like, just one scene is all we need of background to this. Because, again, like, over the coming weeks, she's kind of going to get thrown back into it, which is fine. But it's just... It's the Fred stuff which really annoys me because it kind of... We saw how happy they were as they left. And basically, as we kind of said a few weeks ago, like, that's never going to be the same again. Um, so, anyway... Little, little nitpicks here and there. Uh, we're going to yeah. go back to Doc's party here. Um, Doc whispers something into Sasha's ear, which she smiles, and basically they go to the floor and start slow dancing. Davis has a sad look on his face and is like, okay, I'm not going to have any chance here. And then he, and then he leaves. And yeah, classic song going, in the, going during that scene, by the way. One of my yeah. favorites, actually. What, what song is it? Make me say it again, girl, by the Isley Brothers. Right. Yes. Yeah. One that uh, make is not... me say <laughs> it again, girl. One that uh, isn't on my iPod, but maybe I need to put it on there. Maybe you can just sing the whole song for me, and I can just <clears throat> put it on my uh, my iPod. Which you know, I don't actually have an iPod anymore. It broke, <laughs> but uh, that's just the same. Uh, it's better than saying uh, Discman, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you that song will not be hard for you to find at all. I shall have a look. I, honestly, I probably actually do have it because, like as I said, I downloaded all the uh, Third Watch soundtrack songs. So if somebody correctly listed <laughs> it on a Third Watch soundtrack website, then I do have it. So, um, yeah, it's possibly on my list. I just am not realizing it's there. Uh, this slow dance leads on to uh, Doc and uh, Sasha making out on the couch. Uh, you know, and then she's kind of like, I don't usually move this fast. And Doc's kind of like, neither do I. And it's like, I can't stay the night. Like, well, let's go to your house then. So, you know, Doc moving very fast here. And it's kind of, I think the thing that's interesting again, to kind of complement this with next week is that this does feel very sudden. You're like, whoa, why is Doc hooking up with Sasha? Like this really is weird. But again, at the end of the day, yep. it's going to make a lot of sense next week. Uh, which again, puts me into the fact that, uh, you know, there are plenty of plot holes in, this plan stops that so many things could have gone wrong. But, uh, yeah, again, we'll get to that. But it's been a while since two of our characters have hooked up together. It's Bosco and, and, uh, Cruz was the last time it happened. So, I mean, not, yep. probably not that long ago, is it? But still, it feels like it's a while, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, then we've got the final scene, essentially, where we've got Bosco with, uh, Danny Reagan. Um, and he's sort of, Danny Reagan is kind of like, you know, oh, nice little play there. You know, I had a bit of a smile on my face. And he says that, uh, that Na- there was shots at Nardo's restaurant, obviously, classic mob hit. They went after Nardo because they believe he's a rat. Two people are dead. And Bosco straight away is like, oh, yeah, well, Nardo was one of them. But then we find out that, no, Nardo wasn't one of them. He snuck out the back. And then, uh, basically, this uh, smug detective is kind of like, you know, oh, sleep tight tonight, misunderstanding. And he's kind of like, you know, good job, now you're going to be in trouble. And the thing I don't like about this scene, though, is the way kind of the detective, like, walks <coughs> past Bosco and, like, shoulders him, like, tough man. Like, what's the point of that, Danny Reagan? Come on, stop it. Uh, <laughs> you must not You must not like the character of Danny Reagan on I, Blue Bloods. I, no, 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 I love Danny Reagan in Blue Bloods. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not meaning to come across that way. I actually really love Danny Reagan. He's a great character character um but there's this guy he's just he's a douche nozzle and he just looks like danny reagan so that's the only reason why i'm calling him danny reagan so gotcha. anyway that is the end of the episode we end on sort of another pointless cliffhanger but it's not quite as pointless as last week uh but yeah bless and bewildered anything more to add until we uh rate the episode uh nope other than yeah i would i would have liked to have seen those those last two scenes switched mm-hmm. you know end it with doc making out with sasha on the couch while Make me say it again, girl is playing. Yeah. Much more fitting ending given what, given what we're going to get next week. I'd agree. I'd definitely agree. Um, <clears throat> I'm buying this episode, Darvell. What are you doing with it? Oh, definite buy. No question. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a solid episode. Um, I think maybe slightly below last week, only slightly. 
Um, but still, I think it's kind of around about the pain. I've got this as 61st out of 102. So again, just sitting on that halfway point. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. a solid, good episode. And again, we're getting a few buys in a row here. So season five, surprising us a little bit. Next week, though, um, I'm going to let you talk about this first because I know this is one you've been definitely looking forward to getting to. Uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, on No More Forever. Yes, well, I've said this to you several times off air, Ben, and I think I may have said it once or twice on air. This is actually one of my absolute favorite episodes of Third Watch, No More Forever is. In fact, um, I actually said something. I actually put something up on a Third Watch Facebook page a while back. I don't think it was the Third Watch fans page that we're both on, but it was another page for it, and I was asking – I was asking – everybody else on the page you know what are your favorite episodes and when i what what's a favorite episode of yours from each season and i listed no more forever as my absolute favorite episode of season five mm-hmm. i mean because it is it's just so it's just so well done excuse me it's just so well done you really get to see one particular character although this point at this point i think you can pretty well guess who it is you know just completely completely come apart it's sad to watch it's painful to watch given how much we've come to know this character but it's it's executed so well and it makes you and you know it actually makes me wonder you know i wonder who they ba- i wonder who they based this off of because no doubt what happens to this particular character happens to a lot of people in in that character's field so i wonder if they i wonder if there's a story somewhere behind this episode if yeah. that makes sense. No, that's um, that's a very good point because it could be. Um, but who knows? But I will say, like, it's definitely an episode that I have had to learn to appreciate more over the years because I definitely was one who, when this episode first aired, I was like, what the hell have they done with this character? This makes no sense, and it made me so angry. But I've, I've talked about kind of like I had a friend who kind of talked me around on it, and then every time I've watched it since, I appreciate it. And again, we've, we've talked about this slow build of Doc, and it kind of comes to a crescendo at this episode. So... It's a great episode. Might be the last time we've got an episode that's potentially a top 10 episode. I know I said that, uh, you know, a few <coughs> weeks ago, but I think this really is, if I think about things very strongly, the last episode I think personally for me that I will ever consider being this high. But again, I could be completely forgetting about a majestically awesome episode in season six, and but I doubt that very much. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to No More Forever. It's going to be a great one to talk about, but we'll come back to that next week. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe for all the relevant channels. You know what to do, and we'll be back for one memorable episode next week. In the meantime, my name is Ben, and you are so beautiful. Thank you, Ben. I'm flattered. My name is Darvell, and see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.